What does making sales social mean to you? When it's built for them, you tend to use it. I still can't believe we have to say this, but it's about slowing down, tapping the brakes, and stop selling and pitching to someone on the first or second email. I love it. We say often say, connect and pitch is a bait and switch. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, who's joining us today? I am so excited. <laughs> we have an amazing guest. This is Liz Wendling. She is a business consultant, sales coach, author of six books. She was on the Selling from the Heart Challenge. And I was so crazy compelled the entire time. Oh my God, I dropped everything. <laughs> there were so many golden nuggets. Like I was, it was like being in a Billy Joel concert for salespeople. I was like, oh my God, this is magic. And then she agreed to be here. <laughs> so Liz, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And Brynn, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the Selling from the Heart Challenge. Well, I'm excited about it as well. But <laughs> I have to say, go back everyone and watch that. We're going to try to bring out some of that magic today. So Liz, tell us a little bit about you, how you got involved in sales and, and what it is you do. Well, for about the last 30 or so years, I've been in some form of marketing, business development or sales. And sales really just stuck with me. I felt like I had that knack to take out all the BS and the garbage and the the old school tactics and, and processes that are still around today, still being taught and still being used. And I was able to create a way for me to sell that not only resonated with me, it resonated with my clients. And so over the last 13 years, I've been doing that, teaching my clients a way to sell that helps them to change their approach, their language and process. But it's all built on them, not for the masses. It's who they are and how they want to show up, not only in their sales conversations, but in the world. Right. And I do a lot of custom work with people, but it truly has to be, you have to own it yourself before you're able to bring it out into the world. And I help them do that. One of the things that's missing in the sales world, maybe not completely because a lot of people are working with you, is being able to show up with an authentic voice. And it sounds like, I mean, basically, you know, sell with authenticity is one of like your main phrases, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you teach a team of salespeople or even your sales uh, training company that teaches everyone the same script, you lose that. So I love hearing like everyone gets their own voice. When it's built for them, you tend to use it. If you're saying or doing something that doesn't resonate with who you are, and in the back of your head, you're going, oh, that doesn't sound like me, or I don't like that, then when you deliver that, it doesn't land on the other person. And there's this weird energy that's going on. They don't know why you look so weird. You don't know why you feel so weird. And how could you be authentic when what you're saying doesn't come out of you with, that doesn't relate to who you are. 
and all this weird energy gets thrown into the sales conversation and people don't realize or even understand what's going on here, but this doesn't feel good for me or the other person. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always end in a sale when it feels like that. So Mm -hmm. to be able to step into your sales conversations without any of that chatter in your head where you think, oh, that doesn't sound like me or I hate doing that then just a beautiful way to show up and be with another human being in a conversation that may lead to a relationship or close business. Great. So one question we ask every guest that's on is what does making sales social mean to you, Liz? I would say that laser targeted prospecting approach and process and the actions professionals take to intentionally, and that's the key word, intentionally create strong and solid online connections that lead to eventually lead to that closed business. But it means being social first. I still can't believe we have to say this, but it's about slowing down, tapping the brakes and stop selling and pitching to someone on the first or second email. This may be a shock to some people and you must stop doing it. If you push your products and services too early, That is the quickest way to lose trust, credibility, and opportunities. Slow down. Stop pitching. I love it. We say often say connect and pitch is a bait and switch. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) The other one is, is slow down your outreach to speed up your outcome. Drum roll. That's good. So that's fantastic. So as a sales trainer, what's like the top thing that you teach in the real world to your clients that helps them at the very top of their funnel. It all starts with, if you can't get someone's attention, you'll never get their business. And it will always be that way. So I tell people, whether it's online or offline, to avoid the impulse to send boring, bland, and beige messages that sound like everyone else, and they just fall flat. And to focus on the quality, and I know you probably heard this, but many people don't want to do it. Focus on the quality of the message rather than the quantity and start to step back and begin to craft messages that create momentum, that have some energy in that, that have some meat on the bones, that have some value attached to them and intention. Because you want to send a message that shows that you understand your potential clients' pains, problems, challenges, issues, and situation. And if you really want to stand out and become memorable, it is about personalizing every communication that you send out. You don't have to start from scratch each and every time, but you should have a a foundational language that comes out of your fingers or out of your mouth as you're prospecting. And there's a big difference between typing out a message or leaving a message that is written or spoken to, to someone, not at someone. And so much of the messages that we're getting feel like it's just written at me, not truly written right to me. And with our world filled with some of those messages that are just, there's just so many of them coming at us, they are generic and they lack that personal attention. So share with us a couple of um, tips that can help people to switch from at to to. I would say to avoid, and if they went back in their emails, which I'm going to challenge them to do, avoid that old school language and those overused phrases, otherwise known as a phrase grenade. They throw around like confetti and everybody's using the same language and it's just ending up in 
all of their prospecting emails and messages. And these days, prospects are so smart. They are so smart because they recognize that one size fits all made for the masses messages the moment they receive them. And what they really look like is a an email, an old school cold call turned into an email. And they sound like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm with such and such and we're great at this or we can save you money on that. We're the leader in this industry and we're the best in the marketplace. Well, what a cold call would sound like. And then they follow it up with, I'd love to set up a time to show you how fantastic we are. When would be a good time to talk? And nothing screams 1990s quite like that. And leading with yourself and your company and your products and services, and then telling someone what you want to do to them, telling them that you would love to set up a time with them is the quickest way to get deleted. Because I always say that when you tell someone what you want to do to them, that is a command, not a request. If I say to you, I would love to get together with you. I'd love to find a time on your calendar and do a demo. That's self-centered and it's, it's all about me. That's not about the other person. So if there's no request in your email, good luck getting someone to get back to you because you basically just said to them, I want to get on your calendar. I don't really care how busy you are. I want to find some time to get on your calendar. The 2000s version of the 90s telemarketer, what they've added to it is the guilt factor. You know, you get the follow-up email two days later. So don't know if you saw my message. You're obviously not interested so i'm going to remove you well thanks for finally getting the hint so, the problem is they don't and they keep messaging you even after they threaten to remove you and i'm like yes so that's done and then you get another one <laughs> so how do you switch that up communication in business is especially now because we're communicating online now more than ever more than ever we're not seeing a lot of people truly human being to human being, body to body. We're looking at each other's whites of our eyes only through a computer screen. So everything we say, our communication is a superpower. And when you're online trying to communicate, you want to make sure that it's clear, it's concise, but it's also direct because clear, concise, and direct is powerful. And you only wind up blending in when sending messages and blending into that sea of spammy messages. And I want people to send emails that, that get someone's attention and they land with impact. And the only way you can do that is to spend a little extra time crafting messages that sound like you wrote it for them, not the masses. Give us a few examples. I love the term phrase grenade. So I, I wrote that down the other day when I heard you say it and I was like, yes, like she gets it. So give a few examples of, of phrase grenades that people are using in their messaging nowadays. Okay. And I always preface this by saying, I know they're using it because I read hundreds and hundreds of emails a week before I start working with a client to get that baseline. What are you doing now that's causing people to avoid you? And usually this is what I see almost, I'm going to say 100% of the time. These are what I call minimizers. And they actually minimize who you are when you show up, when you apologize. You show up and you're apologizing for being you and for being uh, doing your job. 
and you say things like, I'm sorry to bother you, so I'll be quick. Or the first line is real quick. You use the, the sentence real quick, which means real quick. I'm just trying to get your attention because I can't get it any other way. But you waste someone's time when you do that. I'm sorry to keep bothering you. Sorry for my persistence. I'm not sure you got the last seven emails. Or even starting an email with, hey, how are you doing today? How are you? I hope you had a great weekend. Trust this email. Find you well. And any of that stuff that just sets you up, first of all, to be put in the box of everyone else. Typical, boring, and bland. Doesn't make you stand out in any way. And even saying things like, I'm just following up. I'm just touching base, reaching out and checking in. We've been doing that for 30 years There's other words out there than reaching out, checking in, following up, and touching base. And those words have a tendency to feel like force, to feel like, hey, remember we were talking about doing some business, so I'm just knocking on your door again. And what it actually does is it actually makes people back up versus lean in. Because that message sounds like the same message that, I don't know, 147 other messages in their inbox that say, just want to follow up, just want to touch base, not sure you got my last email, sorry to bother you, trying to be persistent. And it doesn't help move the conversation forward. And that's why people have to send another message and another message. And with each message that's sent, there's a little hint of neediness each Mm -hmm. time you do that. You amp up the neediness, and that's how it lands on the other person. You may not think you sound like that, but it does. And when you look needy, they back away. That's one thing that salespeople really struggle with, sales professionals struggle with. And I want to unpack it a little bit more. So how do we follow up where we're leaning in and we're not driving them back? When I teach my clients that You never leave an interaction with someone or a Zoom call, a phone call, a face-to-face meeting without not necessarily booking an appointment or having something on the calendar. That's one option. But I also believe in how you show up in the language you use and the body language and, and how you communicate to someone about how are you and I going to stay connected? How would you like us to keep our conversation going? You shared with me, this is important today. What do you want me to do? As you're going through your uh, decision-making process, I don't want to be one of those people who just follows up with you with no value. I want you and I to have conversations where the momentum is there or stay in touch in a way that honors both of us. How would you like us to do that? So now I have a conversation with someone that is high value. I, I, and I value them and their time as well as mine, but it it conveys that we're equal. I'm not chasing you. You and I are now making a decision about how we're going to move forward. Now, is that perfect? I'd say 95% of the time, because someone will say, you know what, that's a really good idea. And then they start telling you their schedule. They'll say, well, I'm going on vacation or I'm going to, I have, I'm going to be at a conference for three days. And they tell you exactly when to follow up. It's Beautiful, because then when you do get back to someone, you get to use their words. Hey, John, you and I spoke three weeks ago and you mentioned today would be the perfect day for us to revisit what we talked about a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And the conversation always stays nice and even and you never feel like you have to chase someone. I'm just following up. I'm just touching base because that, those only serve to annoy, aggravate and irritate people along the way. And I think that's a lot of times where sales are lost is because all of a sudden you showed up as this awesome professional 
and now you're being a little too needy. I love that. And, you know, we talk a lot about one of when we do messages and we've made a little shift with some guidance from Andy foot. I don't know if you know Andy foot, but he's don't. awesome. Um, and when we will say, Hey, we've got this great piece of content on this, this, and this, if you're interested, let me know, I'll send you a link versus sending the link. And what happens is when they say, Oh yeah, sure. Send it. They've asked for it. Right. <laughs> and so this follow-up, they're asking for it. You yes. say, how would you like to follow up? And they tell you, they're saying, I want you to follow up with me that way. And it's their idea. It's genius. There's an expectation before you, before you end that call, you've already got an expectation set of when the next round of communication is going, is going to happen. So as a salesperson, I'm not standing back wondering, okay, when should I, and what am I, it's already set up. So much happens. Somebody looks at you a little differently. They, they're like, Oh, I like, I like that. I even had someone say to me, Hey, I'm going to use that. Can I, can, can you say that again? I want to use that in for my because I was just having a conversation with him and it was different. It was different enough for him to say, Oh, I like that. I wish my salespeople talked like that. And, but it, so much happens in that little interaction where you are seen as a, a an equal and mm -hmm. there's nothing more beautiful in a sales conversation situation, consultation where they see you as already adding value and no money has exchanged hands yet. Nothing has happened, but they see you as very different from everyone else. So we've got a ton of prospects that have now, you know, kind of ghosted, gone quiet, 50, 100, depending on how much your, your work in your, your pipeline. And you miss that opportunity to, to get them to say, this is when I want you to follow up. What is a good message for someone to reignite a conversation? Well, you can go back and actually say, look, I think I flubbed up or I missed something and I forgot to ask you this. You know, just kind of call it out and say, I was thinking the other day or you popped into my head and I realized I forgot to ask you what you'd like me to do or how you'd like us to stay connected. There's always a do-over. Oh my God, that's so easy and so amazing. I forgot to ask you, how would you like me to follow up with you is the most brilliant follow-up <laughs> in all the world. And then they tell you. And But when you call it out and say, I goofed, or you know what? When we hung up the other day, I totally forgot to ask you something. Then you ask it. And again, now all of a sudden, you've elevated yourself back to that all-equal position. And anytime you find yourself there here, you're down here, and you got to try to get yourself back up to being equal watch your energy, watch what you're typing, watch what you're saying, because you will convey a little bit of neediness. Like I need this sale. Please get back to me. I've got a quote. I have a boss breathing down my neck. Got to bring home a big paycheck this month. And people feel that because now all of a sudden your intention is different. Now it's a little bit more about you and less about them. And that's how it lands on them. So you might still be wanting to serve them and, and keep the connection alive, but your, your words and your energy are conveying something totally different. And then they ghost you. Simple genius. I took more notes on this than any, any other interview we've ever done. Oh, wow. yeah. Believe me, I'm transcribing this. That's the thing. It's like when people say to me, holy crap, this, we switched an email or changed something around and they're like, 
This guy got back to me. I haven't heard from him in four months. And he just emailed me back because they felt a different person show up, whether it was email or voicemail. Something shifted in them enough to make them want to call you because you dropped the annoying, aggravating, irritating energy and you showed up more confident, clear and concise. And that's that energy piece, you know, and when you said there's that weird energy and, and I know sometimes as a consumer, I'll get a, just a weird sense about somebody and I'll be like, no, it's because they're probably because they're not coming as themselves. They're not being their authentic selves. And, and that's what's coming through. Right. There's that wall that's up and you, sometimes you can't tell what it is and both parties don't understand what's rubbing people the wrong way, but it's easier for someone to ghost you than to tell you the truth that I don't like you, or I don't like the way you talk to me, or you feel a little needy to me. No one's ever going to say that, but people will say things like this to you. I so enjoyed the connection we have. I can't believe I met someone like you. You are, you're such a great listener. Oh, I love the way you treat me. I appreciate the way that you're interacting with me. I like that you gave me the space to make a decision versus created some kind of fake urgency and got me to sign up when I wasn't ready. Mm. People appreciate that. And I think now more than ever, we've got to honor where people are and realize what's happening in the world. And we have to stop stepping on the gas and we'll make more by doing less, by backing off a little bit. So good. Well, Liz, thank you. Our time is about up, but man, this has been power packed. I hope you go back and rewatch this. I know I'm going to, I, I took some notes too. It was so, so good. So Liz, tell everyone, tell our listeners, how can they stay in touch with you, get in touch with you and, uh, and continue to learn from you? Well, they can go to my website and it's lizwenling.com or please connect with me on LinkedIn and they can, everything that we talked about today is inside the pages of both of my last books on Amazon, the sell without selling your soul and the heart of authentic selling. So go check out. So if they just put Liz Wendling in Amazon, all your books will come up. Come Correct. Out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great investment. When have I ever been speechless? I was going to say, wow, Britt is speechless. First of all, I've been doing a lot wrong and- I mean, I live and die by I hope all as well. There's so many little tweaks that can make such a big impact. My biggest takeaway, which by the way, we teach LinkedIn from a perspective of being value centric, not about you. It's about providing insights and value. The switch from I'm following up to, I forgot to ask, like that's magic. I forgot to ask, how would you like me to follow up? Yeah. Or stay connected. Don't even use the F word. How would you like us to stay connected? So the takeaway is drop the, all the F bombs, no more follow up, touching base, reaching out and checking in. They only signal and trigger resistance. Get rid of them completely. They do nothing to move the sale forward. Wow. My soul is full. It's like Thanksgiving dinner, right? Like when you've had so much, you're in that euphoria. That's where I feel right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. I so enjoy this. Thank you for having us and everyone out there. Remember, you can join us here for Making Sales Social. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social Podcast. Leave a review down below. 
Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.